0: Welcome to the Be In The Room podcast, where we celebrate women of action who rebel against the status quo and create their own version of success. I am your host, Ryan Dowdy, and let me tell you, I have been told countless times that I am too much, too loud, too opinionated, and was constantly encouraged to stay small to fit in. On this podcast, we celebrate living out loud, the art of reinvention, and being unapologetic in your quest for joy and happiness. Let's dive in. I'm really excited today to be here with Dana and Courtney and what I love about their story and I'm going to let them tell it to you is they're sisters and they've grown their businesses together um, they are the co-owners of C&D Invents Incorporated, which means they have a whole bunch of fun projects going on, um, which I've been poking around on their website. I'm excited to hear about all of them, but I just love that they have locked arms together as sisters and created this really cool empire and I'm just excited that you're both here. So welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. We're excited to be here.
0: Fantastic. So I always like to start with just the softball, like tell us your story. And I don't know, I'm sure you guys have done this a million times. So I don't know if it's the collective story or each of you individually, but I'm just really excited to hear the journey that got you to leading all of these different brands and running a business together.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a, I guess, a long journey. It's been playing the long game here for About 17 years is when we started. Yeah, (laughs) but it really originated back when I was engaged, Dana, and I really wanted to find a wedding venue that wasn't a hotel ballroom. I was getting married in the summer, so I also wanted it to be air conditioned. And I was 22, so I had a bazillion friends, and so my guest list was very large. And we really couldn't find anything. And Courtney was helping me plan my wedding, and. We were had lunch one day at Bear Rock Cafe, which is mm-hmm. no longer. And we were just, just, you know, shooting the crap essentially and saying like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if we owned a wedding venue? And I was like, yeah. And then we sketched some things on a napkin and which is nothing like our venue is now. But, you know, I didn't think much of it. And Courtney's like, well, you know, what'd be really great is if we became wedding planners so we could do some market research, like to figure out what we actually need in the industry or whatnot. And I just went along with it. I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun, whatever, you know, cool. And then the next day she calls me and she's like, our friend Megan's getting married. And she said, we could plan her wedding so we could do this. And I was like, (laughs) oh, okay. You're like, for real, like this is what you want to do. And so that's kind of the very origin story of
2: it. Yeah, That's the long and short version of how C&D events got started.
0: Yeah. Professionally, like what were you guys doing previously? Mm -hmm. Like, was this just literally like, Hey, this would be really cool. Or had either one of you like had events in your, in no. your purview as a career. <laughs> we were teachers.
2: Yeah. Dana was a high yeah. school science teacher and I was a middle school
1: science teacher. Yeah. Which yeah, I think teaching so translates really well into events because you manage chaos every day. You have to obviously think on the fly. You think, you know, it's, it's you have to be super organized. So there's definitely a lot of translatable skills for it but I wanted to be a teacher since I was five. So I just thought like, that was my thing. And, you know, I was 22 as I just graduated college and I hadn't had my first year teaching yet. And so that first year we had planned, I think two or three weddings. And I remember going home to my husband and I realized like teaching was not my passion. I wouldn't say at that point planning was my passion, but I knew that I wanted to investigate it further. Like I really wanted to see if this was like the thing that we wanted to do. And so- we did it as a side hustle for, I did it for four years. Yeah. Courtney did it for like seven years yeah. as a side hustle. And there was a point where we kind of forgot that we originally wanted to open a venue because we were so busy planning and we were like, okay, we're right. really good at this. And, you know, we're getting recommended. We went, they went from like 12 weddings one year to like 35 weddings one year and brought on
2: a team member.
1: Yeah. And it was really that point where we were like, okay, like either we're going to do this and it's no longer a hobby. It's like a career path or we're not, you know, like as we were kids during this time, like it was just starting to bleed into our life too much for it not to be something that we were like committed to.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we took the leap. Dana, really Dana did first. She did all the backend stuff mm-hmm. and kind of was moving our business. I was still coming in on weekends and you know, running my events and doing events and whatnot. And then it was around I'd say like 2010 that we started looking for land again. We're
1: like, we need to reprise this dream. It was 2011, because I had just gotten pregnant. We bought it in 2011. 12. We, we started looking. Yeah, no, we, but it was 2011, because I just got pregnant, but Henry was born in 2012. So that was when we bought it. Okay. Yeah. Whatever.
2: <laughs> 10, 11, <laughs> sometimes around there that we started looking. We actually, try to make an offer on another piece of property. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm like murky on the yeah. timeline because I thought that was- Right, like, that was, was, 2009. Or, that was oh, 2009. Okay, that was, was it? Yes. Anyway, so 2009, we decided to start thinking about this venue thing again, try to buy a piece of property in- Johnston County, which we're thankful that didn't work out. Funny how that
0: happens,
1: right? (laughs) Yeah, they had actually sold her house to be ready to buy this property, right? Because it was near where I lived already. Yeah, so the bank was like, you can't can't buy this property and have a house. We put our house on the market and put an offer in on the same day. Our house sold within 24 hours and the, the offer got rejected a week later and so then we were basically like, like we were
2: stuck in this like hey
1: okay, we need to move now. Wife,
2: husband <laughs> war more over whether they're going to keep the property or not keep the property which yeah. we didn't know before we made the offer so then dana moved into another house uh-huh. and we kind of settled down for like a year year and a half mm-hmm. and got the itch again we're like you know it's time like we've saved mm-hmm. enough money it's time to like Look at the properties again and this is right after the recession so things right. were going really really inexpensively mm-hmm. right um and then we settled we found this piece of property after looking at several and we were able to put a one-year due diligence on it for a thousand dollars so we put down a thousand dollars and we we're like we need a year to make sure it's going to perk and that we can get it rezoned and all of these things things that you could never do today yeah. Yeah. like you could right. do that mm-hmm. so it's super safe and then everything went through. Like we were able to rezone it. We got the perk, which was everyone said was not going to happen because mm-hmm. there's a terrible perk around here, except for there, right? Mm-hmm. And
1: started building the Bradford. Yeah, yeah, and that was. I think this is kind of where we are the most normal people ever. Like this is the, the, we we had nothing. Like we did not have like a trust fund. We didn't no. have right a crazy savings. So even for us to. Get the financing. We couldn't even get a normal business loan to finance it, right? Because banks are really nervous to lend money right, at this it time, the,
0: right? It was yeah, it was a 809. That makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. They weren't lending yeah. money to anybody,
1: to nobody. And so we sold our house again, and we opened up a conventional mortgage, like because the the first part of the of the property is a uh, is residential. It's a bed and breakfast, the house part, and then attached to it is a ballroom, and that's commercial. So it's a mixed use property. But it allowed us to get a conventional mortgage, conventional construction mortgage. And what we did is we we said, okay, this is what our our contractor is saying it's going to cost to build. And we asked them to pump up the numbers a little bit. And then right. we said, but here's all the things that we can do to save money, and we're going to take that money, and that's how we're going to build this ballroom. <laughs> In theory, sounded like a great idea. Bad idea. It's a bad idea. But. <laughs> I say that. I say that to say that. like we did so much at that. Like we did all the tile in in the Bradford. Like we uh, painted, we refinished the floors the first time. We painted everything. We did the trim. We did so much stuff to help save us money to to then pump it into the ballroom. And at this time, as you know, with a new construction mm-hmm. project, things Mm -hmm. get more expensive. And so we were halfway finished with the ballroom. And at this point, the bank was like, okay, we'll, we'll loan you some money and so we're going through that process. And then the last minute, they're like, no, actually, no, we're, actually we're not going to lend you any money.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Be In The Room podcast. Before we continue, I would really love to invite you to connect with us on social media. We are on Instagram at TikTok at Ryan Dowdy Official. Our free Facebook group is called Be In The Room, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. It's Ryan with two N's, Dowdy, and I look forward to being connected with you. Thanks for listening.
1: And so we were stuck. We were halfway finished with this project. We had clients booked at the at the Bradford. And we're like, how are we gonna pay for this? At this point, we'd already sold up everything we've owned. We've maxed out our savings. And we had to really figure out how to move this fictitious money around. <laughs> and like that came with credit cards. It came with 401ks being cashed out. We um were building our, the houses so we lived on the properties. So we're building those houses and we're siphoning money from those things to get over to finish. And I still to this day, like, don't know how it happened, but it was just sheer, like. It was a lot of grit, a lot
2: of tenacity, a
1: lot of late nights, a little bit of
2: luck sprinkled in there. Like, I remember one of my favorite stories about our, like, particular journey, and I remember seeing this as a sign from the universe that we were doing the right thing, is we were at the very end of the project and what we thought was the end. We've done so many things since then. Like, we've literally invested that much times two into the Bradford to get it to where it is Mm -hmm. Today. I'm not even including like the ballroom. I'm just saying in improvements, you know. But we were at the end and we were on a super tight timeline. We had a wedding that was coming up and we needed to put a fence between our property Mm -hmm. and the Bradford. And We didn't have any money. I mean, literally this fence is, I think we've had it measured a couple of times. It's like 300 feet worth of Mm -hmm. fencing and it needed to be eight foot tall. So you couldn't see into our yards and make the Bradford more secluded and whatnot. We had no idea how we were going to finance this. Mm -hmm. And then as we were like noodling this over, trying to figure it out, like maybe we're just not going to have a fence. It was going to be like $6,000, right? $6,000, right? Our grandmother sent us a check in the mail, some annuity that she had invested in years and years ago, mm-hmm. had matured. And everyone who graduated from college, all of her grandchildren that graduated from college got $3,000 a piece. We both put our $3,000 like, together. I literally have
0: goosebumps right now. Like that's so serendipitous. And we yes. were like, it's our fence.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> Which yeah. is no longer there, by the way. Yeah. We have since torn it down.
1: Because <laughs> it was a crappy fence. Because <laughs> it
2: was crappy. <laughs> and we've put up a like a wall, literally a yeah. wall. But I remember just thinking, we're doing the right thing yes. the universe is speaking to us yeah. and i knew at that point it's going to be fine it's
1: going to be but fine but it, it was you know we, we got <laughs> to the finish line we opened we made tons of mistakes but then we were saddled with some intense debt because this wasn't like a loan totally. this was like credit card debt right so you're talking like, about right? 23% 26. interest and we could not right. get our head above water and i remember i was just like with and it was that first year and we were we weren't pulling money from it. We were actually helping pay the mortgage personally. And there were times like thank God for like, p- like parents and family who like would buy us groceries because like we couldn't afford it. Like we just could not afford to literally feed ourselves because we had just invested so much into this. And I remember I was at, I was home. It was like, we were in Florida visiting our family. It was like Thanksgiving and I had this random phone call from the bank. And he's like, hey, I just saw your new business in the area and would love to meet with you. And I was like, Okay. And at this point, I don't like things because they have screwed over. (laughs) I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. He's like, well, just, he's like, I'd love to take you out for coffee when you get back in town. I was like, okay. So I go and I like tell him our whole story. And he's like, Hey, you know, we really believe in small business. He's like, I'd really like to put you in front of some of our people and see what we can do. And so we, and at this point we were booking well, like the business was going well. And we were we were proving sure. that we could pay our mortgage with what we are doing, right? And that we and that could right. see the projections and the trajectory. We just needed somebody to believe in us, right? Cause we needed to get ahead mm-hmm. of the debt. And they did. And they said, you know what? You guys look like you're like hard workers. You have good projections. This is, you know, great. We're going to refinance all this for you into one big loan. And was able to like wipe out all that credit card debt, absorb it into an actual conventional mortgage, which allowed us to breathe. I mean, we were able to actually like make a, make some money on it, you know? And and so like, I say all that to like for us, it was all about collaborating with the right people. It was finding those trusted people that really believed in you, even when maybe you didn't believe in yourself. Right. And it, it wasn't, it it did not just come from, I sat, we sat back and we're like, Hey, we're going to wait for this money to come in and figure out how to do it. It was, we made the decision. We're going to do it, whether that's right or wrong. And I still to this day, obviously it's right. But sometimes I'm like, was the, was the timing right? You know, but it was the choice that we made and no, no, we just busted our ass to make Mm -hmm. it work every day, every night, all the time.
0: Oh my gosh. I have like all the goosebumps and all the questions, but I'm only going to ask one. Like you, you it seems like your family was super, super supportive because obviously they were paying you groceries, but like, mm-hmm. did, did the people in your lives know what you were putting into this business? And and the reason that I asked this question is I talked to so many women and whether it's a business or a career, there's so many people that are like, that's stupid don't do that like you guys you were teaching jobs and whatever Mm -hmm. people say about teaching jobs they were it was a secure job right like you you had careers you'd gone to college you'd invested in this path and you were like not only are we going to blow all that up we're going to go up into into a pretty insane amount of debt to make this thing happen like what was the outside perspective in like how did the people around you feel about it I mean,
2: there is mixed reviews. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like our our parents, I were very super supportive. Very supportive. But I mean, they've kind of lived their life on a share and like on a prayer and a shoestring, you know. So that's kind of like their mo. But they would come up from Florida, drive up from Florida, ten hours, like multiple times a month, and help us. Like, just come paint for a weekend. Just come help Mm -hmm. a trim for a weekend. I mean, they were up. She said, like that year, something like 22 times mm-hmm. from Florida to help us get this thing together. And mm-hmm. I mean, like, the Dana's in laws, I think, probably resented us for yeah. it. Like, they probably felt really. like we were not making their mm-hmm. very normal, like nine to fivers working within their very <laughs> <They're> normal, <laughs> within, yeah, within, within their degree, you know, for their careers right. and like, mm-hmm. you know, lifers at organizations and whatnot. And I just, they couldn't relate. And they probably felt like you're putting my grandkids and son mm-hmm. in peril by pursuing yeah. this dream. And then I, I mean, people are super supportive. I mean, we were a hot mess, honestly. Like I remember like picking up the kids mm-hmm. from preschool and like, because it was super, super cold and like pajamas like covered in mud with like all these layers. Like we would like get out of our clothes. I remember it was so muddy out here and you would just leave them and they would just be like the outline of your clothes and you'd leave them outside and you just get back in them the next mm-hmm. morning, like not even change them out. So I felt like there was a lot of really supportive people that kind of sure
1: knew what we were doing and accepted us. I think people just, they just didn't understand it. I mean, I I remember we were laying sod and my daughter was in dance and I had to, I realized, Oh my gosh, I have to go. And I was late. And I was, I don't know if you have ever laid sod before, but you are like covered in dirt from head to toe. I mean, head to toe. And I didn't even think about what I looked like. Walk into this, which is a Carrie dance studio, which carries like, you know, you know, the upper echelon of people. And Mm -hmm. I looked ridiculous. She's just like staring at me like, what do you do? And I was like, I should be like, I'm a landscaper because that's apparently what I do now. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I think that like even our kids, preschool teachers, they had no idea. And they, they just thought we were crazy. They literally thought we were crazy. There
2: were some insensitive moments there. I remember we, yeah because we were working. So we had someone that would pick up our kids from preschool yeah. for a while. And I remember I missed mm-hmm. something. Like there was something that was supposed to happen the next morning when I dropped off and like, I didn't know about it. And I remember the teacher saying, well, if you ever picked up your child, cause I told him last afternoon, like mm-hmm. you would know. And I was like, like, I'm doing the best I can lady. Like, I don't need your shame on top of like what she I'm trying to She said that to, to you? She said that to me. She did. I don't think she meant it like with Ooh. the way that it came across, but it was Certainly, like ladled with judgment of like you're not our typical parent, and it was very apparent. I remember, I remember kind of on a rabbit trail that first year to going to MOPS with Dana, mm-hmm. and it was the first time because i had been a full time teacher, and I was like, all right, me, I think I need to like get out and do like some networking. I need to get beyond this. I I can commit to MOPS one Tuesday a month or whatever. Just like mothers of mothers, preschoolers. preschoolers, and I remember sitting there right. feeling like yeah, yeah. I relate to. Relate to none of you. Like I could not relate to a single person at my table. I felt like a total fish out of water. Like I felt like kind of like a fraud everywhere that I went. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't really the stay-at-home mom. Like I wasn't the mops type. Wasn't necessarily the full business type because we're struggling on that end. Mm-hmm. So I I think there was a lot of a lot of internal
1: projection and feelings mm-hmm. probably being put on the outside at yeah. that time. I mean, we had you had to readjust your own sense of self. Right. Right. So like before Mm -hmm. you were very much like, okay, we're really put together. I did go to college. I had this career and now you are, you literally blew up your family. You, every, every turn you're asking, like, did I make this wrong decision? And even if you have the most supportive spouse in the world, which, and I think our spouses are very supportive of it, you still can't help, but feel that guilt that you have brought them down this path. And then, and then you don't know who you are. You don't know who you are because at the same time that you're, we're grappling with building this business. We're also become, we're first time mothers, like our kids. Like I had my son the day we, we got approval to build the Bradford. Like I was in labor, you know, and I had to call our real estate agent. I was like, you're going to have to go to the town meeting for us because I'm in labor Mm -hmm. and I can't be there. And so it had him and like all of our kids are within like a year and a half of each other. So we had five kids under the age of five. Right. And that is, that's, that's a whole, that's an identity crisis in and of itself. Right. And then you're adding this on top of it. It was just, it was a lot. So people looked at it and they said, that's a lot. That's (laughs) stupid. Why are you doing this? And, you know, sometimes I was like, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why I can't give you an
0: answer. (laughs) What you, what you just said actually is like the entire mission behind be in the room is just like you said, I felt like a fish out of water everywhere I went mm-hmm. and granted you guys are on the crazy side of this, which I'm just loving from like other stories <laughs> that I've heard. Um, I know. I work, I work with a lot of people, like a lot of my folks are in like the online space, right? And the barrier of mm-hmm. entry has nothing to do with like laying sod and buying land, right? Yeah. But I feel like so many women feel that way because they're like, Mm. all right, so I I, I don't 100% fit in over here. And I don't 100% fit in over here. And, you know, because I am ambitious, because I do have big dreams, because I am willing to blow stuff up and sell house after house to make this happen. We wind up in this really weird place. And that's, that's literally the community that we're looking to create is when you're going through that identity crisis, that there's a place to go where at least, you know, it's a safe place to land, right, Mm -hmm. To, to share the crazy stuff of like, hey, I'm literally like, closing, uh, you know, there's, there's a town meeting about what I'm going to be able to build this property and I'm in mm-hmm. labor and a place to go where somebody's like, can we like, you know, I, nowadays it's like, can we send you like mail delivery? Like what, mm-hmm. what can we do to support you? Mm-hmm. Right. And at least yeah. have that place. So I really love that. So let's, let's fast forward present day, obviously the Bradford's kicking ass and taking names. You guys have what, four or five, six different entities underneath that the, the CND events incorporated. How did, Let's go from like we're we're scraping everything humanly possible to create this venue to where like present day. What's the present day landscape for C and D Events Incorporated?
2: I mean, it's busy. It's, busy. it's <laughs> like a, it's a different kind of challenge. Like it's yeah. not that singular focus. It's like every day feels like you have constant ADD, right? Because there's so many like little things to or fire to put out or crisis to solve. We're naturally like entrepreneurial in spirit and we didn't know that starting C&D events. And we thought, well, the Bradford, which is what we always want to do. And C&D was too big to close down. But then it really became, I think, for us about small business and our passion for small business in general, that we were like, well, that actually is a driving force for us. It it happens to be in the hospitality industry, which we love and we're Mm -hmm. super passionate about. But It's about growing those like amazing teams and those company cultures, and there's something really powerful about this thing that you know, you scraped together literally, like with grit and tenacity and a little bit of you know rainbow sprinkles, and there's these super talented. People who are working your vision, right? Like there's something super empowering to look like. Wow, I admire that person. She works for me, and I admire that person, and she works for me. She's way better at that than I ever was, and she works for me. And so there was a lot of um, empowerment and I don't know self growth that came from that. I think, and that's kind of where hustle and gather was born. I think is we didn't have any secret sauce. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, we were just regular, normal people on a regular, normal path that decided to disrupt it. And now we're here and we believe that for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think, I think for us, like it's finding like where the path that we are in now is the role we're trying to take is definitely more of like a CEO level. Right. And that takes a lot of work to, to step out of, you know, the day to day. And I, and I say this, you know, we had a team meeting the other day and I was like, we need to get out of y'all's way. Like we need to let you guys do what we know that you can do. And so, you know, coming down the horizon for us is very much like we are, and we're, I think we're, we're really close to, I feel like we're in that kind of scaling. We're in that scaling season Mm -hmm. where where we are scaling, which I think is always a little bit stressful. The middle is always hard. The middle is always hard. Right. So we are putting things in place where we can say, okay, like we see this vision, we are hiring these amazing teams are going to execute this vision for us. And we want to focus on the things that bring us a lot of joy. Like we just, um, we are teaching a class, at the local, at a local college at Meredith college for cool. intro to special events. And you have all these 21, 20, 21 year olds and excited about events. And it makes you excited about it. Right. Like it's so like life-giving. I don't think we ever would have thought this was possible. Honestly, like, even if you had said like, how, how would you envision the Bradford? I would have assumed Court would still be working every single event like I just didn't ever think right. it would be this and I and I think it's I think everyone can have that.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that is such a cool kind of story to where you are now in the team and and I'm guessing you felt the similar way I used to think that I was a bad manager like in the corporate world I didn't like to manage people and so I always thought that I would be like this tiny little business. And now we're we're not huge, right? I have a team of 3 full-time people but actually I find creating employment way more rewarding than I ever thought that it would. Mm -hmm. So Courtney, what you were saying about like, that person's brilliant. Like that person's amazing. That's how I felt about my team. Like we're working on some events and stuff like virtual events we have coming up. And my marketing director was just like, here's all of this. Like, this is what I need from you. Here's what we've got. And like, I was like, Holy shit. Like that's like, I don't even (laughs) have to think. Like she gave me the to-do list. Right. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. give her the to-do list. Just like, these are the assets I need to you to create. Like, this is everything else. And it just kind of blows my mind, but it was, yeah, I agree. Like it wasn't something I was ever anticipating. I was just trying to get out of a full-time job. I hated, right. Um, and <laughs> I didn't really, you know, I didn't realize how, how much energy and motivation that gave me creating employment, creating a place where people could be the best version of themselves and use their skill sets. So oh. I love that you guys kind of see that as your, your, your full circle opportunity. So what's next? There's a coming soon on your website. What's the newest adventure?
1: Well, the newest adventure I think for us is, well, is Anthem House. is our luxury planning sure. company. So we've completely revamped how we are doing um, our uh planning side of things and we've kind of just created a little bit, a little bit more specific branding for the specific client. I think in our market you have all different ranges of of people and uh, different price points and different visions and we really wanted to change with the times, right? Like the fact that now everything is so accessible and and at people have the ability to plan a wedding online that necessary full planning isn't right. always what is necessary. So we're you know, looking at like, how can we really build up that event management, that logistics team? How can we service that client that still wants a great design, still wants, you know, a great service? And then how do we hit that client that's just like, you know, that ultimately it's that 30, 35-year-old couple that has our powerhouse couple, right? Right they're busy yeah. they don't have time to plan their wedding they want to have an amazing party they want a full weekend which is what we love and that is like our passion is the client that loves guest experience and loves the whole you know 3 4 day thing and how can we serve that client really well and so that's our that's our biggest thing and we have that really coming like coming together and I feel like by the end of March we'll have those really ready to go and those teams ready to go and and then for Hustle & Gather, we're just speaking at conferences this year. We've been doing lots cool. of venue consulting and um, really connecting with other people. We have the podcast, which we like love because we get to meet so many neat people. Yeah. It's so inspiring. I'm sure you feel the same way. But yeah, I think that's what's on the horizon for us this year. We're getting
2: ready to launch a um, hiring guide. Mm-hmm. So we feel like like one of our special skills is being able to hire the right people for the right job and create that company culture that, you know, mm-hmm. just ever expands and, um, is okay. accepting and open and it's great. It's great vibes here all the time. So mm-hmm. we're creating well, a, um, hiring guide that's going to be coming out. So we're really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, like who knows literally <laughs> who knows? I could not have, you could have asked me six months ago and I would, could not have told you half of those things. Like, I remember when we were speaking with the director of of the hospitality tourism program. And he offered us the adjunct professorship and whatnot. I remember getting in the car data and I was like, what is this life? Like, it is like a smorgasbord and these things for the taking, I could have never imagined in a million years that there would be a director of a program. It's like, Hey, do you want to teach this class? Which was like a pipe dream of mine. And that is really, really what I love about entrepreneurship. I love that, that it opens so many doors that you're not even mm-hmm. thinking about right now, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So, that's what's coming
1: down the
0: pipeline, but you know, TBD.
1: Okay. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I love it. I'm excited. So, where can everyone follow along on the adventures of uh, the amazing Dana and Courtney on um, on the the TBD? Where should people connect with you if they're really inspired by your story, want to plan an amazing wedding, or are in the you know interested in the uh, learning more about event venues and that sort of stuff? Where can they follow you? Yeah. So we
1: have like a main hub. Um, we do have separate websites for all of them, but if you, there's one main landing page, which is um, cndevents.com, but you can find us all over Instagram, you know, at cndevents, at the Bradford C, at Anthem House, at Hustle & Gather. Gather. Hustle & Gather is like more of our entrepreneur thing. We, I think that's where you'll see Courtney and Dana the most, the most because we're the right? most real yeah. and authentic there. We do a real every day, which is always ridiculous, ridiculous, but keeps us young. <laughs> I don't know if it keeps us young. It makes
2: me feel like a dinosaur, honestly. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> it's perfect. fun all the same. Yes. Yeah.
1: So uh, all those
0: places. Perfect. Well, I just so appreciate you guys taking the time to share your story. I think it's really incredible and inspiring and exciting and appreciate you sharing it with us. Yeah. Well, thank you guys yeah, for thank being you here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the Be in the room podcast. We love spending time with you every single week. If you loved this podcast, we would absolutely appreciate if you would go to iTunes and leave us a review and share this with another woman of action who wants to rebel against the status quo and become the best version of herself. See you next week.